Welcome to the Think Podcast with Joel Sedeckes. I'm Joel Sedeckes, and this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain, share, and defend the Christian message. Now, when we are faced with a pandemic, which is literally what we're facing right now, all sorts of questions swirl around us. Why is this happening? And I'm, I'm talking about those big picture worldview questions, those, those, those big questions like, why is God allowing this to happen? How could a good God allow this to happen? Is God angry with mankind? There are articles out there. Does coronavirus mean that God is angry with mankind? Are those who catch coronavirus under the judgment of God? I am going to address those questions. As I record this, it is now Monday night, and I am scheduled tomorrow to do a live Facebook uh, video. Or if it's not going to be live, it's going to be posted to Facebook um, with my pastor. And uh, we are going to talk about that. Pastor Dan and I are, are going to address a lot of these big questions. What I want to do in this episode, though, is something a little different. I want to just let God's word speak. I want to just let scripture just wash over our troubled minds, our troubled hearts, and provide comfort. Because one of the best things that God does through the reading and the hearing of his word is just to center us, to calm us, to reassure us, to strengthen our backbone. Some of us right now are frightened. Some of us are apprehensive. As much as we may say, well, you know, I'm trusting God. I'm not going to be worried about this. If we're really getting serious, some of us are frightened right now. We're nervous. That's a, that's a normal response. What you do with that fear, that feeling, that is what's right or wrong. And God's word wants, uh, God through his word wants to provide and will provide comfort and reassurance and strength. Some of us right now, some of you listening are symptomatic. Some of you right now have the coronavirus. Some of you are not sure if you have it and that makes you even more afraid because you don't know what the diagnosis is. Some of you are waiting on a diagnosis right now. Others of you have gotten over the coronavirus. Some of you are listening to this well into the future when coronavirus is not even a thing anymore and it's it's just a distant memory. But for those of us going through it right now, we need to see what God's word says. We need to just let scripture speak. So that's what I want to do right now. I'm going to open up God's word and I'm going to read 11 passages that speak to this kind of crisis. It's not an exhaustive list. There are some that I should have included. If I had more time, I would have. Uh, but I, I want to keep this somewhat short. And this intro has already gone long enough. So without any further ado, let's just let God's word speak and provide comfort and mental and spiritual stability during this time. The first passage is Psalm 103. This is a great passage 
if you're going to do a hospital visit, if you're a pastor, deacon, or just a concerned family member or friend, and you're going to do a hospital visit, this is an excellent passage to bring into the hospital with you. Lee Eklov, my counseling professor at Trinity, referred to this passage as such, and I've used it on multiple occasions when I needed to do a hospital visit. And once I start reading from it, you'll you'll hear why. So without any further ado, with no more intros, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, Psalm 91, verses 1 through 7. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, He Himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with His feathers. You will take refuge under His wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. Now this is what the Lord says, the one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire, and the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba in your place. We need also to see that God provides rescue and healing for his people. Sometimes he does allow us to enter into a trial, enter into a tribulation. But we need to see what it's like for God not only to allow us to go into a trial, but also to bring us out of it. 2 Samuel 22 verses 1 through 20 tell that story. 
David spoke the words of this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from the grasp of all his enemies and from the grasp of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock where I seek refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior. You save me from violence. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. For the waves of death engulfed me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. I called to the Lord in my distress. I called to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry for help reached his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of the heavens trembled. They shook because he burned with anger. Smoke rose from his nostrils, and consuming fire came from his mouth. Coals were set ablaze by it. He bent the heavens and came down, total darkness beneath his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He made darkness a canopy around him, a gathering of waters and thick clouds. From the radiance of his presence, blazing coals were ignited. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High made his voice heard. He shot arrows and scattered them. He hurled lightning bolts and routed them. The depths of the sea became visible. The foundations of the world were exposed at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. If you come down with coronavirus, if you're diagnosed with it, that can be incredibly scary. You may wonder in your heart of hearts if God has abandoned you. But John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Those words of Jesus remind us that we are actually promised to go through hard times. And yet, in the middle of it, at our lowest point, we can be sure beyond any confidence that this world offers that our Lord Jesus has gone before us and has already won the victory for us. And you might say, well, What if the worst happens? What if this disease, this plague, takes my life or the life of someone that I love? That's a real concern. We need to hear from Jesus again in John 11, 17 through 27. It says this, When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had 
come to Mary and Martha to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Mary said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16-18 through says this. This is from the Apostle Paul speaking to believers who are going through trials for whom they didn't know about coronavirus, but they had their own trials and tribulations. Here's what he says. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, how can we comfort someone who is terrified right now or troubled in their spirit? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-7 through seven gives us the answer. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in the comfort. We also need to remember the sure and certain hope that we have as followers of Jesus. Romans 8:28 and following says this, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own Son, but offered him up for us all. 
How will he not also, with him, grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Bible doesn't leave us guessing about our ultimate future. Even in the face of all the viruses and plagues and pestilences and persecutions that we face in this world, followers of Jesus know that we have a destiny that is filled with glory and light and peace and joy. And no book of the Bible spells it out for us more fantastically and more beautifully and more gloriously than the book of Revelation. So Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, says this, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And the final verse is this, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So, How should we approach the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic? How should we approach this time? As followers of Christ, we should approach this time of uncertainty and potential fear the same way we approach all of life. We expect tribulation and hardship. Believers over the last 2,000 years have faced down epidemics and pandemics and plagues and pestilences. And it doesn't mean that we never get scared. It doesn't mean that we aren't realistic. It doesn't mean that we have to practice good hygiene and and, uh, that we don't have to practice good hygiene and, and social distancing and even take our worship services out of the, uh, auditorium and into our living rooms. It doesn't mean that. What it means is, whatever steps we have to take, we take them not in fear that somehow we are going to lose what is most precious to us, whether that's life, health, family, because 
what's most precious to us is the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. The, the Lord Christ Jesus who died on the cross, who took the pestilence of our sin upon himself, who took the punishment and the pain of our sin on himself, who experienced hell on earth when he was on that cross, who was buried, dead, cold, and in the ground Friday night, all of Saturday, until Sunday morning. And on Sunday morning, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, securing for us our justification, our right standing before God. So now our sin is buried in the ground with Jesus. The record of our sin before God is done away with. The wages of sin that you and I, if you are a follower of Christ, deserve, which is death, has been fully satisfied. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're not in Christ Jesus and this coronavirus pandemic has struck a chord deep in your soul and has got you thinking about death and life after death, don't let this opportunity pass you by to repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. He died for sinners like you and me. And if you believe that Jesus died for your sins and that God raised him from the dead, and if you confess him as your Lord over your life, he will save you from the greatest problem that you have in your life, which is your sin and your lack of right standing before God. He will save you from the grave He will save you from hell. And he will secure for you a future that is sure and certain and healthy, holy, and happy. A future with God and all his people forever. That is the kind of hope you can bank on. And if you're a follower of Christ, that's the kind of hope that is your rightful inheritance before God. So tomorrow, as I get together uh, via video chat with Pastor Dan. We're going to talk about some of the ins and outs and some of the theological significance of coronavirus and all that it entails. But I wanted to share with you just some verses to just set your mind at ease, to just remind you and quite frankly, to remind my own heart that God is still on his throne. Jesus is still Lord. This is not outside of his sovereignty. And whatever happens, we can trust he knows what he's doing. He's perfectly good. And if you're a follower of Jesus, he's got you. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So that's all I have for you in this episode. I do hope it was helpful. And you know what? This is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the road of your spiritual journey. I hope that you have the opportunity this week to open up your Bible and to find comfort in God's Word, to let God's Word re reestablish your confidence in, in the God who is sovereign over your life. And 
I want to remind you as well about the book giveaway that we're giving, uh, that we're doing at the end of this month. I'm going to give away a a high quality book to someone who leaves an honest five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It has has to be Apple Podcasts, but um, uh, leave a five-star rating and review. The podcast has been doing very well on the podcast charts right now. I'm very grateful to you all for listening. Thank you for listening. That's all I have for you. And until next time, I hope it made you think.